0: News. It's one o'clock, I'm Alex Price. A credit reporting agency accuses ming Pao of illegally obtaining customers' data for a privacy expose. An internet security expert calls on the government to fine firms that fail to protect personal details. And the judge hearing the trial of nine figures in the Occupy Central movement says they have a card- case to answer. The credit reporting company TransUnion has accused Ming-Pao of accessing its customer data by fraudulent means after the newspaper managed to obtain the credit report of the chief executive Carrie Lam by inputting her personal details that were easily found online. Richard Pine has the story. Ming-Pao yesterday reported there was
1: lax web security for the data of all TransUnion's 5.4 million clients. The newspaper said it easily got access to the credit files of Mrs. Lam, Financial Secretary Paul Chan and other key figures. The agency said it had launched an investigation after the newspaper contacted it earlier this week about its web security. It said preliminary findings showed that a journalist obtained a small number of credit reports in violation of the law. TransUnion says
0: it has since contacted law enforcement agencies to further investigate the matter. DAB lawmaker Elizabeth Quatt says there is a need to review personal data protection laws and urged TransUnion to take immediate remedial action.
1: They have to stop immediately the usage of this system. That means they should not allow anyone to use their system to get any personal information from this system. Secondly, they have to review the whole system and enhance the security level. Before they have a enhanced the security model, they should not allow anyone to use this system and of course they should notice all the customers for the past few years if their information have been taken and used by anyone and to reconfirm if the user is really the information holder
0: an internet security expert has called on the government to fine companies who negligently risk customers data privacy michael gaisley from network box says the size of the penalty needs to be carefully worked out I'm not a big fan of government intervention normally, but I'm beginning to realize that unless the government does something, um, if you leave it up to individual companies, we, the public, are not going to be protected. If you look at what's happened in in Europe, it's fairly draconian. Companies can be fined up to 4% of their uh, global revenue. But I I think unless you have regulations that have teeth, unfortunately, companies have just proven again and again and again that they're not taking this stuff seriously. A court a first instance judge has sent a government challenge against former lawmaker Leung Kwok Hung to the Court of Appeal, saying the case is too complicated. Mr Leung snatched a folder from an official during a LegCo meeting in 2016, and won his contempt of LegCo case at a lower court, as it was ruled the charge doesn't apply to incumbent lawmakers. The government appealed, but Judge Anthea Pang says it's too complicated for her to hear, and should go to the Court of Appeal. The IT sector lawmaker Charles Mock has expressed concern that a damning auditor's report on RTHK's television programming will be used as a tool by the pro-government camp. Mr Mock, the deputy chairman of LegCo's panel on broadcasting, agreed with some of the auditor's comments, but said others regarding the lack of original programme programming and low ratings were due to the insufficient resources the government puts into RTHK. He said the public broadcaster has suffered in the past from accusations of anti-establishment bias, and he called for a new attitude from the government. I already heard some of the comments made by pro-establishment legislators yesterday that they're basically saying, you know, don't do so much public affairs and news programming, just do more live broadcasting of Hong Kong's football. Comments such as, if RTHK isn't doing a good job today, why give them more resources instead of looking at the real source of the problem? So I am truly worried that while I believe this is not the auditor's original A district court judge hearing the trial of nine key figures in the 2014 Occupy movement says there's prima facie evidence against the defendants. All of them, including the founders of the movement, Benny Tai, Chan Kin Man and the Reverend Chu Yu Ming, have all pleaded not guilty to the charges, which include inciting others to cause public nuisance. Dr Chan is now taking the stand in his own defence. Before the prosecution summed up its case, it called on one more witness from the police to give testimony. The then Community Relations Officer spoke of delivering a letter of objection of holding a demonstration to Reverend Chu and other representatives. The trial continues. The Housing Authority says it's seen a slight increase in the proportion of family applications compared to Singleton's for its latest home ownership scheme offerings. A record-breaking 270,000 applicants are vying for just 4,400 flats. The subsidised homes are in Cheng Xiaowan, Kai Tak and Tong Chong. The authority held a ballot this morning to decide which applicants would get first pick. Its subsidised Housing Committee chairman, Stanley Wong, says boosting the discount to market price from 30 to 48% in this round of sales made the HOS flats more appealing to families.
1: That has basically attracted quite a number of families who did not submit their application before. And therefore, for this round of actual sales, these families are actually putting in application. And therefore, in terms of percentage, we are seeing there have been a slight upward adjustment in terms of the application from the families vis-a-vis the singletons. Uh, obviously, the singleton used to be a large chunk of the application before. With this round, the uh, percentage of roughly about 55% of the application are actually due to the uh, singleton applications.
0: The U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer has attacked Beijing for failing to offer meaningful meaningful reform on trade policies that harm US workers, and has threatened tariffs on Chinese cars. On the eve of the G20 summit in Argentina, where Presidents Donald Trump and Xi Jinping will meet, Mr Lightizer comments appear to escalate the dispute. He said Beijing's vehicle tariffs taxed US cars more than double that charge to other countries. (coughs) Sorry. (coughs) Excuse me. New Zealand has denied that the telecommunications giant Huawei was banned from a 5G network rollout because it's Chinese, saying the problem was a technological one. A security minister also dismissed suggestions that its intelligence services came under pressure from Australia, the United States and others to make the decision. New Zealand's largest carrier, Spark, said yesterday that the government had rejected a plan to use Huawei technology in its next-generation 5G network, citing national security risks. Three police officers in the Philippines have been found guilty of murdering a teenager. The first conviction of abusive officers in President Rodrigo Duterte's war on drugs. Here's the BBC's Ben Lowings.
1: The policemen alleged that Kian de los Santos had been a drug runner, but the family of the 17-year-old boy firmly denied the allegation. He was shot dead in a dark alley whilst in a kneeling position, turned away from the officers. The convicted men each face up to 40 years in prison. They were also ordered to pay the victim's family a large sum in damages. President Duterte has come under international pressure over his war on drugs, which has left almost 5,000 people dead.
0: A rare bipartisan vote in the United States Congress has highlighted its growing concern over White House policy on Saudi Arabia senators voted by 63 to 37 to take forward a motion on withdrawing U.S. support from the Saudi-led coalition fighting in Yemen. President Trump's Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, and the Defense Secretary, Jim Mattis, had urged the Senate not to support the motion. Mr. Pompeo said the move was poorly timed and would make the situation in Yemen worse. We are on the cusp of allowing the U.S. envoy Martin Griffiths to, in December, uh, gather the parties together and hopefully get a ceasefire in Yemen something that we have diplomatically been striving for for months. The Ukrainian president has asked NATO countries to send navy ships to the sea around Crimea in response to Russian aggression. Petro Poroshenko said President Vladimir Putin wanted to turn Ukraine into a Russian colony. After three days of debate, the EU issued a statement expressing dismay at what it called Russia's unacceptable use of force. Vladis Dombrovskis, one of the vice presidents of the European Commission, spoke to the European Parliament. International law obliges the Russian Federation to ensure unhindered and free passage of all vessels through the Kerch Strait. Therefore, we expect Russia to restore the freedom of passage at the Kerch Strait. Moscow argued that the approach of the Ukrainian ships into the sea of Crimea was a provocation. The Bank of England has warned that the British economy could face a deep recession if the country leaves the European Union without a withdrawal agreement or transition period. The central bank said the pound would crash, inflation would soar, and GDP would shrink by about 8% in the event of a no-deal Brexit. But the bank's governor, Mark Carney, stressed this analysis illustrated only what could happen. Our job is not to hope for the best, but to prepare for the worst. And as uh, I think we make clear in the report, as I hope I made clear in my opening statement, um, we uh, have looked at a potential no-deal, no-transition Brexit um, and made uh, a series of worst-case assumptions around that. A report by more than 100 medical and scientific academies around the world says global food systems are failing humanity and contributing to climate change. The report said the current approach to food, nutrition, agriculture and the environment is unsustainable. With the number of undernourished and obese people both on the increase, the authors recommended a reduction in European meat-based diets alongside new innovations such as lab grown meat, algae or insect-based food. Scientists investigating variations in the calls made by blue whales have found that the planet's biggest animals are affected by seasonal ambient noise. Here's the BBC's Catwina. The sound of a blue whale can travel over a thousand kilometres and is one of the loudest sounds in the ocean. In part of a wide ranging study conducted in the southern Indian Ocean, researchers found that these calls became higher pitched in the summer possibly in order to be heard over the crash of breaking sea ice. As well as seasonal variations, it's been observed that the frequency of whale song has been dropping over the last few decades. The scientists suggest that as population density rises as a result of whaling restrictions, the vast creature's song no longer needs to carry as far. Financial news now, and a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,650. 32 points down on the previous close. Turnover was $52 billion. Currencies and the US dollar is trading at 113.33 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 13 cents, while the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 4 cents. And now, with the latest sports news, here's Adam Jern.
1: Four more teams have qualified for the last sixteen of football's European Champions League. Borussia Dortmund, Atletico Madrid, Porto and Shelka are the latest to progress. They joined Barcelona who are already through. Borussia Dortmund drew nil nil at home to Club Bruges to progress from Group A, along with Atletico who were two nil winners at home to Monaco. Barcelona won two one at PSV to guarantee they win Group B. Second place is still to be decided after Tottenham's nil win at home to Inter. Watching at Wembley, the BBC's Alistair Bruce Ball.
0: The must-win game has been won by Tottenham. Maurizio Pochettino says they love to be written off. They are still in there fighting. Christian Eriksen's goal in the 80th minute has won the game. They know if they match Inter's result, if Inter beat PSV on match day six, Tottenham will have to win at the new Camp, but if they do, they'll be through to the knockout stages. Tottenham won, Inter nil.
1: Both qualification spots are still to be decided in Group C. The leaders Napoli were 3-1 winners at home to Red Star Belgrade. Paris Saint-Germain got the win they needed to stay alive. Neymar was on target in their 2-1 win at home to Liverpool. The former Liverpool defender Stephen Warnock was watching in Paris.
0: I'm just watching Jurgen Klopp here, furious with the referee. Probably because of the play, acting the time wasted by the Paris Saint-Germain players, but... Over the course of the game, Paris Saint-Germain by far the superior team in the first half. Liverpool came back into the game in the second half. Did they cause them enough problems to get back into it? Probably not. Not enough clear-cut chances. So, on the night, Paris Saint-Germain deserved winners.
1: Liverpool now must beat Napoli by two goals in their last group game at Anfield in order to qualify. Porto beat Shelka 3-1, but both teams progressed from Group D. That's because Galatasaray were beaten 2-0 at Lokomotiv. Marco Fu has made a flying start at Snooker's UK Championship taking place in York. Hong Kong's top player cruised into the second round with a convincing 6-0 victory over England's Hamid Mia. Next up for Fu is the mainland teenager Luo Honghao. Former world champion Sean Murphy is out. The Englishman was stunned 6-3 by Chen Fei Long, a mainland player ranked outside the world's top 100. Defending champion Ronnie O'Sullivan plays Luke Simmons in the first round. The Rocket is aiming for a record-breaking seventh UK title. And finally, in basketball, Russell Westbrook has moved into a tie for third place on the NBA list for triple-doubles. His 23 points, 19 rebounds and 15 assists helped the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the shorthanded Cleveland Cavaliers 100-83. Westbrook's 107th triple-double puts him level with Jason Kidd. Before the game, Cleveland traded three-point specialist Kyle Korver to the Utah Jazz for Alec Burks and two future
0: second round picks and as you look at sports Thanks to Adam Jung there and that's the news from RTHK yeah. for you When there's no